Hello everyone this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn Educate Discover. On this podcast we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes how do they go about exploring it further. Now, on today's episode, we are going to be sharing one of the recent episodes from LED's other podcast called Just Connect, where we share tips and suggestions for how you can build and grow your network. And in this particular episode, we have with us Mara Brazer, who is the founder and CEO of Brazer Communications, a PR company. Now, Mara has been leading this company for 16 years now, so she has a lot of experience. And what's really impressive is that Mara has been able to attract some very well-known companies as her clients. So as an example, if you check out their website at bracercommunications.com, they have a number of testimonials. And as an example, one of them is from Donald Fisher, who is the former chairman and founder of Gap, which, as I'm sure you guys know, is a very well-known apparel company. Another testimonial is from Lynn Hale and Lynn Hale is the head of global publicity at Lucasfilm and if that name does not immediately register Lucasfilm is the production company that is responsible for creating and producing the Star Wars and Indiana Jones franchises so yes uh, Mara is doing very well she's been very successful and in today's episode she is going to be sharing with us her story how she was really shy in the beginning of her career but then she gradually built her network and she shares her tips on how you can build your network so i think it's a great discussion i hope you enjoy it and with that let's welcome mara hey mara hi how are you hi thank you for that wonderful introduction i hope i can live up to it Oh, uh, you'll you'll live up to it and more. Thank you so much for your time. Honestly, it means a lot, and I'm sure you're really, really busy. So we'll try and make the most of the time that we have with you today. Happy to share with your listeners. Oh yeah, for sure. So, so I think Mara, that before we get into the the how to of networking and how you can build and grow your network, what will be helpful if you can talk to us a little bit about how your professional network has helped you in the past, just to illustrate how important it can be. Well, it's important to have a professional network of people who understand what the skills are that you bring to any situation. And there's a finesse to doing that so that it's not all about you, but it's a combination of what you can help other people do as well as how they might help you. So, um it's having the courage of your conviction that you have something to bring to the world and and also that you have a curiosity to find out what others bring to the world. So with that reciprocity, um I have gone out into the world to just meet all kinds of people and be open to possibilities and opportunities. And that really helped me build my network and I can give more detail on that a little later on. No, of course. Yeah. So, uh we definitely want to understand because I'm just so impressed with with the work that you've done and you've been now you've been working, I mean, you started the company, you've been at this for more than 15 years and you've done a bunch of other things in the past. And as you were talking about the podcast, you talked about how, you know, in the beginning you were very shy, you know, an introverted person, uh new to the city. So, tell us a little bit about then. Uh what are the kind of things that you do at that time to start building up your network? Well, I think it would be good to start at the beginning of my career, which mm-hmm. um was some years ago. 
But I started my career in Washington, D.C., which is a real mover and shaker kind of town. And I was exposed to some very high-level people early on. And um, being shy, it was really hard for me to think that I had anything that they want. Um, and, and, if, and in a conversation, what did I have to contribute? Um, so I think the most important thing is to put that aside and make yourself go out and get involved in things and practice getting to know people you would not otherwise meet. So for example, I was always interested in the arts. So I did volunteer work in the arts and I got to know all different kinds of people, um, strangers, but in a, in a situation where I was comfortable and I felt like I had something to bring to the table. Um, in my work situation, uh, I often had to go to events where I didn't know anybody. And so I was extremely shy and just wanted to run away from the, the situation as fast as I could. But instead, I, I would take pause for a minute, look around the room, and see who else was also shy. And so what I learned to do is find that other person who's standing there awkwardly, who doesn't seem like they have anyone to talk to, and learn how to go up to that person with a big smile and a hello and see what happens. That is so interesting. So so there are two very important things that you mentioned there. So one, you would actively seek out places or activities that were of interest to you. So for example, you were interested in the arts. So you tried to volunteer for whatever art-related activities were happening. So just, just to uh, dig deeper a little bit into that, how would you find these activities? Like, did you have any... Uh, any criteria in place in terms of which activity you would choose to go for? Well, at the time, uh, no, I didn't actually. But at the time, I was um, personally, I was taking dance lessons, but I couldn't find anything in dance. And so in just reading up on um, the arts and entertainment that Washington had to offer, uh, I was interested in some of the edgier performance art. And so I learned of an edgy arts presenting organization and I just called them up and asked if there were volunteer opportunities and I offered up what skills I thought I had and I had organizational skills um, that they put to use producing events and in fact I'd never produced events before much at all it was just out of college but I had done some things like that in college and so I parlayed that into getting opportunities to work with others to produce events which later helped me down the road in my career where I was actually an event producer. So you never know where one road might lead. Right. So that was one thing I did. Okay. I also was, um, wanted to parlay some of my, um, wanted to sharpen some of my skills in writing to see where that would lead me. And so I took uh, a night class in journalism at the University of Maryland where I met another kind of network that absolutely helped me get some of the best jobs I've ever had. Wow. Okay. So you were, you involved yourself in a whole bunch of activities around these various interests and skills that you had. And so you met very diverse set of people. So I, I will get back to that because I think a lot of us do go for these classes and events. But, you know, I think it's really about are you able to consciously network over there? And, and by network, I, I mean more of sort of build relationships over there. But I, I'll get back to that. The other really important thing you mentioned is how in a professional setting you would go for these events and in the beginning you were sort of shy yourself so you would try and seek out other shy people and approach them so talk to us talk to us a little bit about that how would you do it and then how would you begin a conversation it's it's important to 
have two things in mind when you approach another person or a group. When you go to an event, first of all, you need to be prepared for what kind of people might be at this event. So consider who your audience is. Are these people who might become friends? Are these people who might be good professional connections for my career? Who are these people? What are these people interested in? So that leads you to um, one aspect of yourself, which is what is my elevator pitch? I think we've all heard of that, especially in Silicon Valley. But it's how can I mention if somebody says to me, what do you do Hmm. or who are you? How do I tell them in about 15 seconds what I'm about? Now, I may have a few different ways of talking about that in my back pocket. Mm -hmm. So um, I might say, oh, I do PR and marketing. Or I might say, I'm very interested in the arts and I do volunteer work there. Or there might be something that's appropriate for the situation that I bring up that lets them understand what my talents and skills are and how I might be useful to them. The other really important thing to remember, and this is probably one of the most crucial things, it's important to come prepared to ask other people questions. That the more you can engage people by asking them questions about themselves and showing a, a very sincere interest and curiosity, the more they feel heard and they want to embrace you as somebody they enjoy talking to. I see. Okay, so this is super helpful. So can you give us ideas in terms of the kind of questions you might ask? Because I've I found that at times and like this is more based on things that I've read online that you'll find that a lot of people sometimes feel that, wow, why are you asking me so many questions that it can come across as a little bit probing. So what are the kind of questions you suggest asking, which are perceived more as, you know, hey, this person is genuinely interested in me? Some of it might be not so head on, like, what do you do? Because it might seem like you're being opportunistic, like, is this person worth talking to? Hmm. But you might say something like, uh, what brought you here tonight? Okay. Or you might say, um, you might say, hello, what brought you here tonight? Or you might say, um, what do you do to keep busy during the day? Or you could even say, what's your favorite thing to do when you're not working? And find out who they are personally, but have some, some questions that open up the conversation and listen deeply. When somebody responds to you, don't just be thinking of what your next question is mm-hmm. and how, how you can get to finding out where they work in case you want a job at that company, but really finding out about them. So if they say, well, I really love to skydive, you, you could say, wow, how do you have the courage to do skydiving? Right. And right. What, yeah. what does that do for you in your life? And then you, you, you really get to know that person. And ultimately, you could ask for their card and you find out where they work. And that leads me to another really important point. Whenever you meet someone, if you do ask for their card or it seems appropriate to exchange cards, and it isn't always, but if, um, if you have a business card and they have a business card, those are sort of becoming somewhat obsolete, but I find still people carry them. But if you do exchange contact information, the most important thing is to follow up. Hmm. So where people go wrong is they don't follow up. So if you can remember anything, it's ask questions and follow up. All right. This follow is up. great. So follow up means, gee, hi, Sonali, it was great to meet you. I really loved what you told me about skydiving. It, it got me thinking about how I could add more adventure to my life. And I'm also really interested in the fact that you work at Google and that you're working in this particular area. That has always really interested me. And then you could follow up from there and say, would you, would, I would love to talk to you more about this. Or 
gee, I like what you do, but here's what I'm really interested in at Google. Do you know anybody I might talk to there? Hmm. So you've, you've established a rapport with that person and it's okay to ask for something from them or not. It just depends. You may just want to continue the conversation. But even if you don't have anything you need to ask of that person at the moment, just following up and touching base and thanking them for the conversation or acknowledging something they said to you will make them remember you and you will stand out and they will become part of your network. And you never know if six or 12 months down the line, you may need them to introduce you to someone. Oh, absolutely. This is so great. So first of all, I'm learning so much right now on the spot listening to you. So this following up part is is really good. And I, I would imagine you, your suggestion would be that you follow up pretty much the same day or maybe the next day after that conversation. Yes, you fo- that's a good question. Follow up as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. but do not let more than 24 hours go by because people will forget who you are. Right. Right. But and especially if you remind them something about the conversation you had, they will remember you. If, if it's a, an event where people are meeting a lot of different people, you want to tag something that they can remember you by. And okay. it, you also want to be careful not to monopolize someone in conversation. You want to talk for maybe um, a few minutes. If the conversation starts lagging, excuse yourself to go f- get a drink or something to eat um, or, or say, hey, let's, let's – uh, now that we've broken the ice, let's go mingle a little bit. Mm-hmm. And maybe they, maybe it's somebody, if you're both shy, you walk together to mingle. And I'd like to talk a little bit about what mingling means. Okay, yeah. So let's get to it. because I, But I have so many questions first that I want to clarify. So uh, just one more thing on following up, right? So let's say I meet you at an event and then I follow up with you this very, the very same day. And thank you for the lovely conversation. Now, um, let's say I don't need anything from you. And some time goes by. Should I be following up with you again, just as you know, like instead of just letting years and years go by, do you do you ma- maintain touch with these people? It depends on what role you think they might play in your life, and and um, for example, sometimes you meet someone who might make a nice friend, and you might just invite them to meet you for coffee or or lunch or something, just as a a way of getting to know someone, mm. um, especially if you're new in a, in a, in a given area. Um, you also probably should um, link in with them um, so that, so that you're, so that that puts you in their network and their orbit. Right. And um, so you could reach out to, to link in. Um, and I, that, speaking of linking in, and, and you may have addressed this in another podcast, but um, one of the things that's super important with linking in is is to put a personal message when you ask somebody to connect with you. Okay. Don't just use the pat message, you know, join my LinkedIn network or whatever it says. Put something personal in in there, like, great to meet you at the rocket science event. Yeah. Yeah. And that just makes it, yeah. Got it. No, that makes a lot of sense. And one thing that I really want to highlight uh, in what you just said, so you mentioned that Let's say you walk up to someone and they tell you about, you know, how they're interested in skydiving. And the next, the the question that you ask is like, wow, you know, where do you get the courage to do that? I think that's a really, really good question because another follow-up question could have been, oh, interesting, why skydiving, you know, something like that. But addressing something which is more about them, you know, where do you get the courage to do that? So suddenly that will really allow that person to open up to you, which I think will probably take the conversation to a slightly more deeper level as opposed to keeping it superficial. I mean, do you think that's the case? Yes. 
Yes. Follow-up questions are really important, and it makes people feel noticed and heard, and they'll reciprocate, or they'll at least remember you and appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. And And they'll see you as an engaged person and not an opportunist. You don't want to be seen as somebody who's always looking over your shoulder at who else you can meet, (laughs) and an opportunist who's just out for themselves for the next career move. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've seen those people at events and that's just the most annoying thing when they just cannot keep looking at you as, you know, they're just looking all around. But you mentioned how it's important to have your elevator pitch in place, right? Like a 15 seconds thing, which is engaging and uh, hopefully catches the other person's attention. So can you give an example of a good elevator pitch? My elevator pitch, so I keep mine very short because I don't, ever want to be perceived as though I'm selling my services. Um, That's the last thing I want people to think is that I'm outselling. I think I want them, I want to let them know what I do. um, But I keep the conversation um, about others or about um, mutually interesting topics. So um, for example, if somebody says, well, what do you do? I say, well, I, I have a PR and marketing firm. And that's all I say. But they, they might say, well, so what kind of firm? Who are your clients? And I'm ready to mention some of the clients I think are relevant to them. So if I'm talking to somebody from healthcare, I could rattle off a few healthcare clients they may have heard of so that they immediately put me into a category of being relevant and successful. I see. So, so that's, what, that's how I talk about it. Now, I might ask, start asking them questions. So um, part of my approach would be, um, if I find out what kind of work they do, is to ask them questions that show I really understand their industry and that I can connect with them on that level. And so it makes me look more like, and it has to be true, of course, but um, I show them that I have expertise and I have something to offer them without telling them that I have something to offer them. So if you're, let's say you're a junior person though, and you, you're not, you know, you, you are limited in your experience, just being curious and showing that you have intelligence about a given field, even if you lack experience, hmm. is also really helpful. And that can be part of your elevator pitch. Okay. So it could be, um, so for instance, when I was first starting out in my career, one of the things that I did when I was in college is I was a strong writer. I wrote for the school, the college newspaper, um, etc. And I felt like my writing skills were strong and I made them stronger by taking that night class in journalism. So as I was trying to climb the career ladder, I parlayed that skill. So I would always mention that I was a strong writer because I knew that that was something hard to find. Hmm. And so um, what I lacked in experience, I would highlight in skills and enthusiasm. I see. No, this is really, really helpful because I think that introduction piece is something that a lot of people struggle with and exactly what to mention. So this is good. And, the- and you got to keep it short. So you can actually say something like, well, you know, I, I'm an expert in, in uh, software development. But, but <laughs> yeah. what I really like to do is, and you can fill that in and, and show some of your personality. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's a great point, right? That you want to sort of talk a little bit about work, but then also add in something which reflects your personality a little bit, right? So, so there's enough stuff to talk about depending on what that other person is interested in. Um, so the other thing that I think uh, you mentioned is, uh, and that I'm personally very curious about is when you have to, so you mentioned mingling, which we'll get to. But one thing which I do want to understand a little bit is 
as opposed to looking out for one person who might appear shy and then, you know, that's an easier person to approach. What about approaching groups? So let's say there's like a group of five men standing and they're all holding a drink and uh, you want to now join that conversation. How do you do that? That That's the mingling part. So you okay. just led to that. So, so what I do, um, and it's not always successful, but I have to screw up my courage. But when I, when there's a group I want to approach, um, I just stand on the edges of it and I just listen and I make eye contact with different people. Well, with the person who's talking, um, I'll make eye contact and I'll just listen with a pleasant expression on my face. And if the group is open, they tend to open up and make room for me to join in the circle. And if I have something to contribute, I might speak up, but not right away. I listen and I see where the conversation is going, see if I've got anything to add. Normally, you don't even have to say anything, but at some point, somebody will introduce themselves to you and everyone will. So you don't interrupt, but you just stand there quietly. If it's a closed group and they seem to be having a more private conversation, their body language will show that. And you just quietly stand there, listen for a while, see if the conversation is one you want to join or they'll let you join. And if it either bores you or you, it's a, it's a group that isn't really open, hmm. you just quietly go and find another group. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, and uh, that is something that I've struggled with sometimes where, you know, you, you walk into a group of, you know, you go to a, go to an event, but you don't know anyone and then you're trying to join a group and it's always a little awkward in the beginning, but your suggestion, it seems that, you know, just wait it out, be quiet, but make eye contact. And then, um, soon or later, someone will, uh, sort of introduce themselves to you. And, yeah. uh, so, and generally like, how do you join the conversation? Then let's say it's a conversation that you don't really know much about, right? They have been talking about something. Uh, do you have certain things that you do, which just helps you ease into the conversation? Well, sometimes just standing there is enough mm-hmm. and then people introduce themselves to you and you may find a reason to talk to them later or maybe somebody interesting, um, you want to have a sidebar conversation after the group breaks up. Right, right, right. Okay. And so you might just so you, have a follow up. Yeah, if you, if you, you might get a card or something, but if you have nothing to contribute, it's really okay. Sometimes it's just about learning how to join a group mm. and being a good listener Right, and and then people wonder, well, who's that? And and they introduce themselves, and um, I learn a lot just by by being a fly on the wall and just going around and listening to different groups. Right, yeah, and I think that's a great point that sometimes you might pick up on something, and then you can always follow up in those sidebar conversations, depending on you know what that other person said. And I, absolutely, I, and you talk to people in line for the bathroom or for for the bar, hmm. um, getting food, um, and just say hi. What brings you here? That's, that's, I, I, I like that question. I'm going to start using that one now. And another thing that a lot of us struggle with is that uh, I think that's probably part of mingling where let's say you join one group and you've been there for about 10 minutes and you're ready to leave. You want to join another group. How do you make a good exit? It depends on whether you're how engaged you are in the conversation. But um, if if you've been chatting you can certainly at, at, a, at a certain point, if you're, you can say uh, great talking to you and, and simply leave, or if it feels interruptive, um, wait until others are talking in the group and then quietly slip away. People, people are at events to mingle. They're not there to have hours long private conversations. So, so groups forming and, and disbanding and forming and disbanding is really how, hmm. how things work. Hmm. 
Right. So it's very fluid, and I think people are used to that. Okay. Okay. All right. No, this is really, really helpful, Mara. What other suggestions would you have for events, if any? Well, I'd be careful how much alcohol you drink. <laughs> um, That's a great point. Well, yeah. well, it might loosen you up. It also might make you less articulate, um, depending on how you hold your liquor. Um, people observe that kind of thing. Um, I think uh, it's important to also observe um, rather than plunging right into a crowd, maybe stand around and look and see who it is you might want to talk to. Who, who are the people who look the most interesting? Who are the people you think you can relate to? Who's someone you don't think you can relate to at all, but you want to go up and find out what they're about? Some of my best relationships have been with people I never thought I could connect with. Hmm. And and I think the other thing is you have to have a, a self-attitude of, I belong here. I have something to contribute. And I belong in this group. I belong with these people. And that way it sort of, it translates. And um, it's amazing how that confidence works. I've often been the only female with a group of powerful males. Yeah. And I'm unapologetic and I'm, I'm, for me, I wear um, the most, um, I wear bright clothing. I wear feminine. I, I, I like to be feminine. Not everybody does, but um, I'm not afraid of being feminine and really standing out in that way. And um, people, it makes people more curious. It makes me not just one person just like them. Okay. And so sometimes standing out from the crowd is a, is a really good thing, but also feeling like I deserve people's attention or I deserve, I'm someone interesting for someone to talk to, either because you ask questions yeah. or have something interesting to offer. Yeah, no, no, this is, this is really helpful. And uh, God, there's so many tips that you've shared. This is incredible. And I think standing out is definitely something because a lot of times when you go for these events, you know, you're just one of the many. And I guess clothing is definitely one way that you can stand out. And are there any other ways that you can stand out without, without actually talking, right? In terms of the, the other cues that you give out, are there any other ways that you can stand out? I think have a nice smile on your face, smile at people and make an an eye contact. It's hard when you're shy to make eye contact, but eye contact can be really important. I have one other tip that relates to networking that I'd like to get in before we finish. And that's that um, never ask favors of people unless you think you can reciprocate in some way. Okay. But how do you, how do you, that's, that's a good point, Mara. But then let's say, you know, when you're someone who's at the beginning of their career and, you know, let's say you admire someone and, you know, you want to get a cup of coffee with them, in what way would you reciprocate their time? There, there may come a time where there's someone you know in your life who's important to them. Uh, it may be that if you land a job at some place, um, you could introduce them to somebody at your new company. So it's something that simply by saying, you've, you've been so wonderful to share your wisdom with me and to share your tips and to share your, any job leads. And um, I would like to reciprocate someday with you. I hope that someday there is something I can offer you back. Mm-hmm. And it might be that you help get an informational interview for their child or their nephew or a friend's child. Right. 
Okay, yeah, I'm sure that's something that probably a lot of people, even if they're junior, but if you're working at a company where maybe someone else might be interested, you know, you could probably refer uh, that person and things like that. Yeah, so it's also being a little bit creative about what are the kind of things that I do have, right? Like not everyone might think about that. You could even say, is, do you think there's anyone in my network who could be helpful to you? Yeah. Or is there a way I can be of service to you? And just by just by showing them that you think about that and care about that is really important. And just track it. You know, there may be, it may be years, but years later, you may be able to do something for them. Yeah, yeah. And one another area that, uh, this is something that we discussed right in the beginning of the discussion where you talked about how you went for these various activities that you were interested in. So you went for this night writing class and these dance classes. So I guess the, the thing which I want to ask is that if at that time, if you were, if you knew that I'm interested more in PR and marketing, um, and but then you met these people in dance class, I mean, it probably doesn't sound very nice, but like, were you, were you going there from the mindset of, you know, if, you're, if I'm just making friends, yes, you know, you just make friends and, you know, we'll, we'll hang out, we'll have a good time. But then from the, from the lens of more, you know, building a professional network, did you do anything spe- special or knowing that, you know, you're not really interested in dancing as a profession? Well, let me give you an example. Hmm. So when I was, um, I, I studied cultural anthropology and I wanted to do international relations and I did make some contacts by doing cold calling in that field. But there was a, a woman in my night class who I really liked and I didn't have a car and I had to take public transportation to this class. And she was nice enough. We, we struck up a conversation. She was nice enough to give me rides to the Washington Metro so I could get home and we became friends. And at one point, she invited me to go out sailing with her and her boyfriend and some other people. And um, I met a man who was looking for someone to do public relations, media relations for an agency um, in Washington. And um, the job was categorized as a presidential appointee. And so he, he, so when my friend heard that he was looking for someone, she said, you've got to hire Mara. She was the best writer in our class. Okay. Okay. And yeah. so he interviewed me and he hired me and I got a huge raise in promotion and I was a presidential appointee and I had that on my resume and that catapulted, catapulted my career into public relations. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually that's a great point, right? So it's basically, I guess the point is that you never know how these relationships pan out. So the more people you can meet and the more genuine you can be about these relationships, it's going to pay off at some point. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Mara. This, honestly, this, this was incredible because events is something which so many people struggle with and more and more people are now actually starting to go out and trying to network. Oh, actually, before we do end, sorry, there is one thing which <laughs> one listener actually asked me to ask you, which was that, how do I find good events to go for? Because you know, if you go to websites like Eventbrite, etc., there are a lot of events that are listed there. But is there a way to assess that I think I should go for this event? I think it's good to try to look for events that are related to the field you want to make a career in. Mm-hmm. If you're going for professional networking, look for something. So, or um, in my case, I'm not going to go to public relations events because I meet too many people like me. But if I want to make a name for myself in healthcare public relations, I'll go to a healthcare event where I meet people who could become my clients. 
So you have to look at looking for the kinds of people you want to meet who can further your career in some way. Right. And and I'm guessing that, you know, in, in your case, given all the success that you've seen so far, I'm guessing you are probably just invited to a lot of events. But for people who are beginners where maybe you're not getting invited yet, looking online is the best place to find events, right? I, looking online, there's a lot of, uh, yes, and just Googling the category. Yeah. But there are all kinds of really interesting other ways to do it. So one of the things I started doing in Washington, which I had never done before, but thanks to a friend who invited me, um, I started getting involved in political events. So mm-hmm. I might go to a small fundraiser for a candidate or a cause. So sometimes even just doing, uh, looking for nonprofit causes that interest you, you meet a lot of business people. That's a good point, and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't just look at, at professional events. I would look at cause-related events, and they are also um, listed online, or you could um, find out organizations that interest you and find out if they have any sort of events yeah. associated with them. Yeah, or maybe you live point. in San Francisco and you want to get involved in local politics and um, or you want to get involved in a political party or a cause um that there, you can just find out about that, and that would be a way to meet a whole cross section mm-hmm. no, of definitely. interesting people. Yeah, that's a very, very good idea because a lot of people who are who, who achieved a certain level of success, they start then supporting all of these different causes that are of interest to them. So it might be sort of an uh, not a very obvious, but a very, very good way to get in touch with them if that's what you want. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. and you feel good because you're giving money to a good cause instead yeah. of. Just to a marketing, <laughs> to, a, to a, a trade association. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, Mara. This time I'm really done and I won't All take right. more of your time. Thank you so much. It was, a, it was a pleasure talking to you, Sonali. Thank you. Thank you, Mara. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So that was Mara on how you can build and grow your network. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. And of course, if you have any questions at all for Mara or for me, you can email us at hello at learneducatediscover.com or tweet at us at LED underscore curator. If you enjoyed today's discussion as much as I did, you should subscribe to the podcast. Simply check out the website at learneducatediscover.com where you'll find links to the podcast on iTunes for Apple users and SoundCloud and Stitcher for Android users. On the website, you'll also find links to various other career resources as well as the place where you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter. So do check that out at learneducatediscover.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learn, educate, discover. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and for your time. And until the next one, bye-bye.